Welcome to S-Class, the highest tier in podcasting. With me is an enemy stand user with the ability to gaslight you into defeating yourself. It's Robert. Are you approaching me, Justin? <laughs> Rob, what's your stand name? Uh, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to be Mamma Mia. I'm going to be Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia? That's very good. <laughs> and I am your host. Rob, what's my stand power? Uh, you have the ability to arrive exactly 25 minutes after you are supposed You've to. You've used this power every or on a different question. Am I really? I think, I think, I think we had a question that was, "What would each other's quirks be?" And it was like, "Your ability is to arrive fifteen minutes late, no matter what." Well, now it's twenty-five. <laughs> well, it's twenty-five. It's evolved uh, level two. Uh, I'm your host, Justin. There it is, Robert. The reason we're doing stands today is because after what an eight-year-long wait, I have finally finished JoJo Part Four. Oh my God! Are you serious? Why? <laughs> I mean, I love JoJo Part 4. I just can't believe you finally did it. So, for context, for those listening, JoJo Part 4. So, the first half, I was like, this is really slow. I, I don't hate this, but nothing's happening. Midpoint, one of the greatest battles in all of JoJo that I've seen against Kira, where Jotaro gets beaten, and then uh, Koichi's stand evolves. Like, it was, it was fucking nuts. And at the very last second, Kira runs away and changes his identity and gets away. And now we're on the hunt. He becomes blonde. He becomes blonde. No, he goes from blonde and becomes oh, that's what it is, black right. hair. He goes, yeah. he, he's no longer blonde. The preceding episodes are abysmal. They are so bad that after two episodes, I was halted in my tracks. For eight years. For eight years. The Jenkin kid and then the alien. And then you and our friend John said, hey, it's not that bad. After the alien, it gets better. It does not. It does not. <laughs> you don't like you don't like Highway Star? Which one's Highway Star? The motorcycle that won't stop. That's not in this one, I don't think. Oh yes, yes, I did. Highway Star yes, was okay. Is. Um Highway Star is okay. Uh the ones that were terrible. The fucking cat flower, which is a major plot point, because it's in the very last episode, even. Um <laughs> as one of the main enemies, as well as the this one's the worst. The guy in the fucking tower who shits on his garden to fertilize it and can't leave the tower. What was the stand's name? I don't fucking know. I don't fucking <laughs> care. It was not good. There was so little good content in that last... I didn't realize it. I was only 10 episodes away from finishing the series, and it took me this long to finish wasn't it. Wasn't the final fight great, though? It wasn't even that good! <laughs> what? I can't tell if you're it joking is... or not. It's not, e it's not even half it as good as the it. midpoint fight. Just for the scene with Kira talking about the Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa and him licking the the <laughs> nurse's hand or the e, the EMT's <laughs> hand. The actual fight itself is very mediocre. What? This is outrageous. Jojo Part 4 is probably my, I would say, favorite part, honestly. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Well, I, what would you You're say? You're fucking your kidding me. Are you kidding me? Part 2, part two and then Part 3. Second half of part nah, second half of part three might be my favorite. Second half of part three is fantastic, but I think it gets taxed with all the the fucking car. Anything involving a motor vehicle just pisses me off in JoJo. Wait, so you finished it and you hated it after eight years? I didn't hate it. I was just very disappointed because I was like, that midpoint fight was so good. It was like a top three fight for me in all of JoJo that I've seen so far, and. 
I was expecting even better because this is the climax and it wasn't nearly as good as the midpoint fight. That is a major bummer. There, there are just so many plot holes, like not plot holes, but just stupid, stupid things that just help move the plot along where like the, the arrow suddenly giving <laughs> the, the stand cat arrow. magic, the, a new stand power, um, everything involving the dad, Kira's dad's the fucking worst. Even I'm nitpicking here, but in the final fight, Kira's dad being inside the little kid's pocket and telling him Josuke's directions while he's in the pocket makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> like it's all so dumb, that, but it's not dumb enough to be ridiculously funny. Like part three, it just works, Justin. That's JoJo. Is that it fair? Just works. Is that a fair assessment? It is when it comes to JoJo because it established that the most important power of a stand is that it just works. That's later on. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> That's my review of JoJo Part 4, second half. Yeesh. Brutal. Rob, let's talk about something decent, maybe. Tell me about Solonin. Oh, it's really good. Have you heard of Solonin? It's one of... Is that the one like, with the little girl with the bandana on? Correct. Yeah, it's not a little girl. Okay. She's like 25. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> it's the same author as Goodnight Poon Poon, oh. which I did not read, but... It's a uh, very highly regarded, um, I guess you would call it a one, one volume story because it all fits into one, you know, little self-contained thing. It is about a group of, I guess, mid twenties losers that like, don't know what they're doing with their lives. And they're just kind of like surviving through the days. Um, they're trying to like relive their college glory days as a rock band. And their dream is still to rock and all of that. It's mm. very relatable to that like time frame in life where you're just like struggling to find yourself and understand what it is you are and who you are and who you're going to be and not wanting to do the things that everybody wants you to do and it's a little it makes you kind of anxious as you're reading through it because like it's just that constant like struggle and slight depression that you don't even realize you have <laughs> but it was also just it was right. really good i really enjoyed it i think i'm still in the soul and in phase of my life <laughs> I don't think you ever really truly leave. That's cool. How did you happen upon that? I don't know. I mean, I always pivot from like wanting to find like a long running series and then just wanting to find a nice like self-contained one shot that I can read through. And right now I'm in a phase like where I don't have a lot of time to read things with the baby. So I'm, I'm big on the one shots right now. So, you know, I just was doing some research on highly regarded one shots. I already have a few and this one kept coming up. And it wasn't normally something that I would pursue, but I figured at this point, you know what, I'll give it a go. And it was good. I loved it. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. That sounds good. Robert, I read Dandadan, something that Dandadan. you probably won't read. Dandadan. I've read a few chapters of Dandadan, actually. <laughs> okay, because I was going to say our friend keeps recommending it to us. So out of spite, I feel like you wouldn't read it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't love it, um, what I did read, and I will not continue to read it. <laughs> It is about, well, you know this, but it's about a girl who says that yokai are real and a boy who believes in cryptozoology, like Nessie and those types of animals. And they both think that, oh no, he believes in cryptozoology and UFOs. And they both say that each other's full of shit. And then they decide to switch places and say, okay, I'll go to a secret UFO landing spot and I will go to a haunted yokai spot and prove to you that they're both fake. Or will prove to each other that they're fake. But they both end up being real. And they both end up losing their clothing for some reason. They lose a lot of clothing. And the little boy loses his nuts. And maybe yep. his dick too at some point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
it's pretty outrageous. It's it's I would say it's like a PG thirteen version of Gantz is the best way I can describe it. Like a little bit off putting. Like the art is really well drawn, but it's also kind of scary the way they draw the faces on these aliens and some of these yokai are very like creepy they come out of the shadows and you're like holy shit i like it i want to like it more i'm just tired of like all of that where they do like the creepy massive monsters with a thousand eyes and like you know i don't know i'm just so over it in manga and it feels like shonen jump has just just unloaded on that type of creature recently and it just it does nothing for me anymore yeah it's like when chainsaw man came out that was new and kind right. of fresh i know that you're not a chainsaw man guy but but i felt respect fresh. that yes and then now everyone's like oh look at the success of jujutsu kaisen and chainsaw man let's quadruple down on it i think it's got a little bit of a different feel i think the thing that it's really lacking is like i like the relationship between the main boy and the main girl they kind of have like a real romantic tension which is fun but the actual fights with the enemies are always lacking a little bit. I'm 60 chapters in, there's like 120 or something out. So I'm going to keep going, but it's not like, it's an enjoyable read, but I'm not like itching to read it every single, yeah. every time I get the chance. Yeah, I finished the first chapter and I didn't continue going. So that shows you how I felt. Yeah, and I wouldn't push you to read it either at this point. it's it's I'm going to keep trudging along and see how I feel. Robert, you watched the entirety of the One Piece live action. What'd you think? Against my low, incredibly low expectations, I thought it was fantastic, honestly. I loved it. I thought it was a blast. It was a, it was just a ton of fun, and it didn't take itself too seriously. It didn't lean into too many, like, stupid, obnoxious Hollywood tropes. It respected the source material, but it also, like, did its own thing and, you know, told the story in its own way and adapted it for television because, quite frankly, a lot of that stuff just doesn't work for, you know, a live action series. And sure. it did it well, honestly. It, it was it was fun. It was good. I can't wait for more. I, I, I'm shocked to say that. I'm so shocked that I enjoyed it as much as I did. And it almost like, you know, we've been kind of down on One Piece for most of this channel's existence, but kind of like <laughs> rejuvenated my love of One Piece. I, I really? think part of that is just going back to East Blue and East Blue is such... just has so much heart because it is just like sailing around from island to island like gathering up a crew and it just has that quicker pace whereas now in one piece we're spending two or three years on one island doing nothing i don't know it it really made me feel good okay i am only 30 minutes into the first episode and i liked it i like how it's kind of got a darker tone like people are actually dying and they feel like pirates not like these goofy cartoon characters I think Luffy's actor, and again, I don't know if it's his fault or if it's the writing's fault. I think he's still a little bit cringy, but I'm again, I'm 30 minutes in, so maybe it gets better over the next few episodes. I, I wouldn't say it gets worse for sure. I think he comes off early on as cringy, and that doesn't really change, but it just feels so genuine as it goes along that like you almost like enjoy how cringy he is because everybody else is like a little more serious and he just has like that Luffy heart. And even though he doesn't like feel like Luffy, he does in a way like a lot of the mannerisms don't necessarily match Luffy, but it's that like genuine enthusiasm that you really feel the actor is nailing. And, you know, uh, it's hard because he does have like, you know, an accent and it, it, I think sometimes his words feel a little jumbled, 
but yeah. it, it never really bothered me, honestly. I think this is like his second acting role in English ever or something ridiculous. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I can definitely feel he seems like a good kid. Seems like he has a lot of heart. So I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. So I, I think I'll watch a few more episodes and see if I can get to the end of it. And hopefully I'll enjoy it. I hope I get on your level with it. Yeah, me and John both really enjoyed it, honestly. And some of the casting is like spot on insane. Like Zeph is utter perfection. Some of the characters look fantastic. I am just stuck in the Kobe, like under the ship right now. Like, I think I just got past that. And Kobe's just the fucking worst, but Kobe just sucks ass in One Piece in general. So right. I, I hate Kobe as a character. And like, this came out kind of shortly after Kobe really pissed me off in the manga. So, like, I was not in the mood for anything to do with Kobe. I, I was literally reading or catching up on the manga, and Kobe just got captured, I think. But he hasn't done anything terrible yet, so I guess I'm going to see that in a few chapters. Yeah, I don't know. Kobe just pisses me off. But the live action was really enjoyable. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll keep watching. All right, Rob, to wrap up our manga and anime, I've been watching a bunch of weird stuff. So we had JoJo, and then we had Don to Don. And to wrap up our weirdness, I read 130 chapters of Terror for Mars. Isn't that from, like, the 90s? Not the 90s, but isn't that, like, a kid's thing from, like, way back when? It or is what am definitely I not for kids. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe Transformers is what you're thinking of? but No, I know Terra I'm not thinking of Transformers. <laughs> Terraformers. I keep saying it awkwardly because it's Terraformers. Isn't it Terraformers? Or, yeah, it's, it's kind of a play on words because it's about them trying to colonize Mars. So, like, Terra, like, Earth for Mars. Um, but they... Basically, oh. <laughs> we're we're in the distant future. The world is overpopulated. They need to find a new planet to populate. And they're like, let's go to Mars. So what they do is Mars is too cold. So they send this rocket full of black algae and cockroaches to make the planet darker so that there's more sun hitting the planet because black attracts heat because that's how science works. That's interesting um, logic. Then, yeah. I was like, that sounds pretty cool, even if it probably isn't possible. But anyway, the cockroaches will eat the algae, and then they'll grow, and then the algae will keep growing. So the whole planet will get warmer, and then in a few hundred years, we can go populate Mars. So they go send a crew of, like, 10 really good astronauts over there to check out the progress. And they go there, and they meet these creatures that are, like, seven-foot buff-ass cockroach humans. And those cockroach humans kill everyone except for one guy why do they save him do they want to be like boys with him no he just escapes they just hate <laughs> they just hate humans and it's i think it's really funny because the logic is like how humans just instinctively hate cockroaches they just instinctively just hate humans what am i thinking of what is like isn't there a series that you watched as a kid that has a similar sounding name to this i can't think of one name anime you watched as a kid that i would be thinking of Flint the Time Detective, Metabots, <laughs> It's not like a similar plot. It's like, I think there was a video game for it. Maybe is that what I'm thinking of? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mar, <laughs> uh, Naruto, no, Jackie no. Chan Adventures. Might no. have been Jackie Chan Adventures. It's not Jackie Chan Adventures, even though that is a great, great anime. You tell me when you figure it out, like, two weeks from now, and then we'll we'll post it in the in the comments. <laughs> Anyway, so they decide that in order they have to go conquer Mars now that is full of these giant 
buff ass cockroach humans and um they start injecting humans with this like dna of other animals that lets them compete against these cockroach humans in the beginning it's like fascinating it's like he has the power of a mantis shrimp so he can punch really good and he has the power to fly like a hawk or whatever um and people are dying left and right halfway through it just gets totally ridiculous but in a bad way in the sense that no one dies everyone has ridiculous amounts of plot armor and these cockroach humans go from being like primitive cave people to like knowing how to fly spaceships and it's been like seven days since the fight started is the whole series just one fight or battle it is so far so far we're still on the first landing um right and it feels like it's been like five days but it's probably been like a couple weeks that they've been fighting it's very high anxiety but towards the middle towards the end it just gets kind of ridiculous and i just had to drop it uh even though the beginning was like ridiculous but also so fun i've definitely heard of it why am i thinking of something else though i'm really stuck on it was it like game you would rent from blockbuster or something you're really stuck on this maybe Mega Man? No. Zoids? Zoids! That's what I was thinking. I was thinking of those Zoids. <laughs> Zoids sounds nothing like Terraform Mars. <laughs> Why did I think that? <laughs> how, how did you get there? I don't. I really don't know. I couldn't tell you. I'm not sure myself. Z Zoids is about robot animals that fight each other for, for fun. Okay, I was close. I was close. Also for war. Yeah. yeah close enough. <laughs> Robert, do you know what time it is? Is it already time for Big News Morgan's Breaking News? No, no, it's not. Oh, I didn't think it's so. It's time for <laughs> Robert's Ranking Corner. What am I ranking? Today, today, Rob will be ranking five waifus from One Piece without knowing which one comes next. Okay, so what do I have to do? So, I will be giving you the name of an anime waifu, or a One Piece waifu, and you will have to assign a number one through five for them. Oh, that's fun. I like this. Okay. So, for your first waifu, Khalifa. Uh, four. Four. Four for Khalifa. The next one, Nami. I'm going two for Nami. Two for Nami. Okay. The next one, Stussy. Ooh, I like me some Stussy. Let's go three. Three for Stussy. And then the next one is Carrot. One. <laughs> and five, Korokoro. Is that the mermaid? <laughs> five. Wow, I made a perfect list. That is that is, that is is impressive. You nailed that. I really that. nailed that. You did a really good job. I was trying to get you to get... Korokoro as number one. <laughs> no, I nailed that. I'm but impressed with myself. Rob's final list. Korokoro, Khalifa, Stussy, Nami. Perfect. Right. I, Strong that's list. how I would have done it anyway. <laughs> and that, everyone, was Rob's ranking corner. Oh, I really enjoyed that. Let's do that more often. <laughs> I think I needed to add in a new segment after um, the karaoke segment wasn't really working out for us. No, that was brutal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we move into video games. Rob, I did something that I haven't done in a long time. Played a video game? I beat a video game. What? That no, too, but I beat that's it. not true. That's not possible. Yep. There's no chance in hell you it's, finished a video game. I finished a video well, game. No. Was it like one of those 20-minute games that don't really count? Like like a Nickelodeon online game? No, like fuck off. Game? <laughs> no, it was a full <laughs> mini, full video game. It was like 15, 20 hours. Oh, well, okay, that's a game. Um, it is called Bastion. It is the first game of Supergiant Games that made Hades. Uh, it's pretty good. It's solid. It was. It's about this alternate universe where you're like one of the last surviving people and you have to kind of discover the history of what happened to this world. It's kind of cool because you get to see a lot of the DNA of what 
went into Hades. Hades. Like they took this yeah. futuristic set- setting and they used some of the game mechanics and used it for Hades, um, which I thought was cool. Uh, you could definitely see the bones there. Um, I don't think it's like great. I don't think it was really hard enough, but the narration and the story were interesting enough to kind of keep you going, even though the difficulty wasn't that challenging. But wasn't Hades like incredibly challenging? Wasn't that what you loved about Hades? Is that it didn't take you a while to like actually like, you know, get through it, even though it's a quick game, it could be a quick game. Yeah. Cause it was like, you play for 30 minutes, you die. And then you're like, Oh, I was so close. If I just didn't right. mess up that one time. Yeah. That's what I loved about Hades. This one's like it has like short little rounds, but it's not really a it's not really a roguelite. Um, yeah, in the it's same more way. like a forward progressing normal story. Uh, but it, it was a fun time. I'm glad I'm glad I played it. I'm glad I actually beat a video game for the first time in forever. Look at you! I'm proud of you, Rob. Tell me about F Zero Ninety Nine. It is a free uh, downloadable game on Nintendo. It is the first F Zero anything they've made in about twenty years. It's new. Um, it's yeah well i mean it's new it is new it uses like the the look of the super nintendo game but it's clearly like you know built up brand new game uh it's just there's four laps there's 99 racers you're trying to survive and make it to the end and you know they have a grand prix mode which is a lot of fun where like each race cuts out 20 racers no matter what like whether you crash out or or not like, because when you crash and your car explodes, that's it. You're out of the race. Okay. So it's just a very hectic game. And it's the first, like, six or seven races I couldn't even finish. And I was getting really pissy. <laughs> but it's one of those games where you just, like, you keep playing. I, I'll throw my Switch to the ground and be like, I'm done with this. I'm deleting the game. And then I open it, like, 30 seconds later. It's, like, toxic And crack I energy. finally won a race. I won my first race the other day. Congratulations, Rob. So you've only won the race once. I have, but, like... I've finished top 10 a bunch of times and that's like, that's tough. It's a really difficult game because there's 99 other racers. And you're playing against like 98 computers or it's like 98 people around the world. No, no, it's online. Oh, that's it's awesome. A, you know, online game. That's super cool. Okay. Yeah, that, it's that, a lot of fun. That makes it sound more impressive when you come in top 10. It's not like you got beat by nine computers. Yeah, no. And, and it's, it's tough to get like, to get good. Are you going to keep, keep playing this one? Like it's like a mini in between when you can. It's good. I mean, it's the perfect game for me with the baby because I can pick it up, play a race that takes two or three minutes, and then you know put it down when I need to put it down. Okay, that sounds awesome. Um, I will check that out next time we hang out. I have been playing Pokemon Sleep, which is that's not a game. A Stop. terrible little mobile game. That is not a game. It's addicting, dude. You well, are the first. You are part of the problem. No, you know what? I don't it. even want to listen to you. You are part of the problem. <laughs> Of the idiots that just download and uh, support any garbage Pokemon throws out there, and I will, I'm I'm done with this. Don't pay for it. It doesn't matter. Like you're still supporting this and showing them that this is a product you like. It is a product I like. I'm very addicted right now. I, I have I have a War Turtle I and a Houndour, and um, yeah, it's it's a great time. But I think I need to stop playing so much because I know it's bad. Like it has all the same problems as Pokemon Unite. Like there's like 17 different currencies and they try to min-max you and they give you little gifts to keep you going along. But it, it's a fun time. And originally I downloaded it to track my sleep because I have a terrible sleep schedule. But I think it's made it worse, actually. I don't think that's possible for your sleep schedule to be worse. Well, I think it's possible now. I think Pokemon has evolved my sleep to become even more gremlin-like. Have you digivolved? I have evolved my Squirtle into a War Turtle at this point. But I'm trying to make a team of a Ampharos, a Houndoom, and an Espeon. 
and I'm trying to figure out my fifth member. What do you even do with a team? What's the point of forming a team? You know what? No, you know what? I don't care. I don't care. Don't tell me. Let's just move on to the best segment of this of this show. Robert, do you know what time it is? It is time for Big News Morgan's breaking news, isn't it? It's time. Finally. Big News Morgan's breaking news. Robert, we've been really bad at doing news recently, and there's one piece of news, and it is that Paper Mario Thousand Year Door is coming to the Switch. Literally my favorite game of all time, and I am so excited to play it again. It looks like they did nothing to it other than make it look even better. They gave it like a nice HD coat of paint. It looks amazing, and it looks more papery. Like, it looks like more cardboard and papery, which I really love. I think they nailed the look. I didn't really want anything updated other than it, I don't know. It, it has this, like, cardboard look to it that looks just I like that. stunningly perfect. It, it's how I would have mm -hmm. imagined this game existing 20 years from 2004 when I first played it. It's like you could, like, make actual 3D models of this game now if you want to do, like, a little paper stage play. Uh, I thought it looked great. I will 100% be getting this, obviously. Oh, you have to pay for it? It's not coming out on the... Um... No, this is a remake that's going to release as a $60 game. Oh, shit. I thought this was going to be, like, part of the Nintendo package when you have membership. No, this is a full-on game. I guess I guess it's good that they put in all this love to make it look better, but I did not realize that this is like going to be a $60 purchase. Maybe I'll get this. I mean, I'm still going to get it. I want to show Nintendo that this is the Paper Mario I want, not origami garbage. I would love for them to just make a new good game. I don't think it's that complicated. Well, they refuse to make an RPG series for some reason. They just strip away everything that made Paper Mario Paper Mario. Just just make seven characters of different races in the game that you collect and then you fight Bowser. Like, it's not, it's not rocket science. But they won't do it, Justin. That's why you have to buy this game. <laughs> we will buy this game. Robert, I think... Our, our third member of our radio crew is getting tired. I think we might have to call it. She's getting real fussy here, Justin. She's getting real fussy. I think she wants to listen to a better podcast. I, I wouldn't blame her, honestly. I don't either. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next time.